Echa Perek Gimel. And uh, before we start, I want to give a bit of an introduction to the Perek. The first two Prakim focused very much on Yerushalayim and her people. Uh, in fact, we had we even had the speaker himself metaphorizing himself as Yerushalayim and speaking. Um, in the, the Perek Gimel does not have anything really about Yerushalayim. It is one lone speaker. And in the first two Prakim, we had Yerushalayim very much metaphorized as a woman, where she was either an almana or uh, or a victim, or she was an unfaithful partner. This Perek starts very distinctly, Aniha Gever, uh, in opposition to the first two Prakim. So the, the voice over here is clearly a masculine voice, a male voice, rather than the female voice of the first two Perakim. And the language used will be more of a language of uh, war and warlike implements than we've seen in the previous two Perakim. From a structural perspective, you can kind of divide this Perak into three. The first third ending around Pasuk Chaf Aleph. Chaf uh, Aleph starts the, the second third, maybe ending in Pasuk Chaf. The first third talks about the emotions that the uh, that the Mekonen, that the poet, feels on his own, how he feels uh, in the wake of the destruction of the Mikdash. Pasuk Chaf Aleph through the middle, maybe Mem Daled, is a sort of theological speech where the Mekonen discusses the justice of God and whether justice has been meted out over here properly. And the end of the Perek, the last third of the Perek, almost combines the first two thirds, where the poet, the Bikonen, speaks about how his enemies have thoroughly destroyed him, and he wonders whether uh, there will be justice, and he calls out to Hashem for justice. And there we'll have the combination of his feelings about uh, about what the enemy has done to him, and the more theological theme of Hashem's justice. And so uh, this Perek, really, what really stands out about this Perek thematically is that, is that it's mostly about HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the poet's relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how he feels about what's happened to him with respect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's reaction to that, to that happening. Finally, just from a uh, 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 the feature of the poem's perspective, the first two pirakim were acrostics going by the Aleph Bet. This is also an acrostic, but it's more of a triple acrostic. Each uh, each letter is represented by three pesukim rather than by one pasuk. The three pesukim are very, very short. Each pasuk is very, very short, which gives the pirak a more rapid and insistent beat. Each statement is very terse, very succinct. And the sense that we get is a very rapid train of thought. Pasuk Aleph I am the man who has known affliction under the rod of his wrath. Of course, the poet here is referring to the wrath of God. But God will remain nameless in this Perek until Pasuk Yudhet. Pasuk He he has set up against me and encircled me with bitterness and hardship. Pasuk Vav. In dark places he made me stay like the eternally dead. Pasuk Zain. He walled me in with no way out, weighed me down with chains. 
פסוק ח' גם כי אזרק ואשבע סתם תפילתי. Though I cry out and plead, he shuts out my prayer. פסוק ט' גדר דרכי בגזית נתיבותי עיבה. He has walled in my ways with stones, he has twisted my paths. In these five פסוקים, פסוקים ה' through ט', we have a few different metaphors working together. First of all, the poet is telling us that he feels trapped, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has built around him misery and hardship, and that he feels walled in. Uh, twice in both Pasuk Zayin and Pasuk Tet, he says that he feels walled in. In Pasuk Tet, he also says that he feels like his, uh, his paths are twisted, almost like he's in a maze. The metaphor is here being that the poet feels trapped and lost, which is, of course, in stark contrast to what a shepherd is supposed to do for his sheep, which is to guide them. We also have uh, in Pasuk Vav, the metaphor of death, and we'll see that a few more times throughout the Perik. And here, death is somewhat symbolic of the separation from God. Someone who is alive is connected to God, and he can praise God, but someone who is dead is fully disconnected from God, and of course can no longer praise God. And even uh, from, the, uh, from the standpoint of mourning uh, in Tanakh, a person who is in mourning cannot praise God, cannot approach God, and what we have over here is a poet presenting himself Almost as, almost as dead, and therefore totally disconnected from God. The, the symbol here being the destruction of the Mikdash, which was the connection of B'nai Israel to God, is now no longer uh, servicing uh, B'nai Israel's connection to God. Pasuk Yod Dob Orev Huli Ari A lurking bear he is to me, a lion in hiding. And here, of course, Uh, the author is referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, saying that God is like a uh, predator against the author. Pasuk Yud Aleph, Terachai Sorer Vefashcheheni Samani Shomim. He forced me off my way, he tore me apart, leaving me desolate. And this, of course, is the continuation of the metaphor we saw before of the author feeling lost. Pasuk Yud Bet, Darach Kashto Vayasiveni, he bent his bow and set me up as the target for his arrow. And here, God the shepherd is now symbolically turning into the hunter who is hunting his prey. Of course, the shepherd is supposed to protect the sheep from uh, being hunted by the wild animals, and now it is God who is doing the hunting against the author, who is, uh, who is the, the metaphoric sheep. Pasuk Yudgimel, Hevi Bechiliotai, he shot into my, literally chiliotai means kidneys, but the pasuk means to say he shot into my internal organs, into my vital organs, the shafts of his quiver, the arrows that the hunter is shooting. Pasuk Yudalid. The Mekone now moves on from the mashal, the, uh, the metaphor of the shepherd and, uh, and sheep. And in the next few Pesukim, he is going to talk about his emotions as a captive. I have become the laughing stock of all my people. 
the butt of their endless taunting. And the Ibn Ezra comments over here, the Ami is a little bit difficult. How can the Mekwanin be the laughingstock of his own people? And one of the explanations the Ibn Ezra gives is that Ami over here is referring to the nations that were subjugated by B'nai Israel before. And these Amim, which, uh, so to speak, belonged to B'nai Israel earlier, uh, are now laughing at B'nai Israel. Pasuk Tedvav, Hisbiani Bamerorim, Hirvani Laana. He has filled me with bitterness, sated me with wormwood. And of course, the allusion here is to Yermia, Perek Tet, Pasuk Yud Dalid. Lachen, Koamar Adonai Sarot Elohe Israel, Hineni Maachilam et Haram Hazelaana, Vihishkitim Merosh. God says he is going to feed the people wormwood and make them drink. Uh, a bitter drink. And the Pasuk in Echa over here goes even further. Not only is God feeding B'nai Israel wormwood, but he's filling them with it. He is uh, he's almost force-feeding him, uh, force-feeding B'nai Israel with the bitterness and wormwood. The wormwood here is a metaphor for, uh, for bitterness. Uh, it is itself a, a very, uh, a very, uh, bitter plant that we frequently see used as a metaphor for bitterness or sorrow. And just like in Yeremiah, these things refer to the Galut. The next pasuk in Yeremiyah says, Just like in Yeremiah, it refers to the Galut. We can also see here the bitterness and sorrow uh, referring to the Galut, to exile. Pasuk Tetzayin, Vayagres behasas shinai hechpishani ba'efer. He ground my teeth on gravel, Crushed me down into dust, pasug yudzain, mishalom nafshi, nashiti toba. My life was deprived of well-being. I forgot goodness. And it's easy to see the uh, dust analogy, the dust symbolism in pasuk uh, tetzain. The grounding my teeth on gravel and crushing me into dust is a continuation of the theme of death that we saw earlier in the pedic. Pasuk Yud Hayat starts a, a little bit of a different section in this Perek. And from here all the way to around Pasuk Mem or Pasuk uh, Mem through Mem Gimel, which are really the transition to the next part of the chapter. Uh, until then, it's really a little bit of a philosophical discourse. The author is going to discuss, through his mourning and bitterness, he's going to discuss the nature of God. And he starts this in Pasuk Yud Hayat, and the first word of the Pasuk is Va'omar. And you can almost imagine the Mekonen thinking to himself, philosophically thinking to himself. And he says in Pasuk Yud Hayat, Va'omar, Avad Nitzhi Vetohalti Me'adonai. I thought to myself, lost is my future and my hope from Hashem. Pasuk Yud Tet, Zechor Oni Umrudi La'ana Varosh. Literally, it can be read, or it should be read, remember my misery and trouble, wormwood and bitterness. And the question, of course, is who the Mekonen is talking to. On the one hand, he may be addressing HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly, telling him to remember, to, to pay heed to his misery and bitterness. The Targum over here, interestingly, says that Zechor Onyi Umrudi, he translates it as Idkar Inui Nafshi, almost as if the Mekonen is speaking to himself, saying, I am remembering my misery and bitterness. 
פסוק כ' זכור תזכור ותשוח עלי נפשי. I will remember them myself. I do remember the bitterness and sorrow. And now that I remember them, I am downcast. I'm, I'm brought low. I'm despondent. And when I think of all these things, when I think of Pasuk Yud Het, Yud Tet, and Chaf, when I think that my future is lost, my hope from HaKadosh Baruch Hu is lost, when I feel despondent, then Pasuk Chaf Aleph, Zot Ashiv Elibi, this I tell myself when I'm despondent, this is what I tell myself, therefore I have hope. And now for the next uh, for the next 20 Pesukim or so, we're going to go into a discourse about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is what the author is saying he tells himself when he feels despondent after the destruction of the Mikdash. Pesuk Chavbet, Hasde Adonai, Kilo Tamenu, Kilo Chalur Hamav. Pesuk Chavgimel, Hadashim Labekarim, they are renewed every morning, the Hasadim and the Rahamim of Hashem, they are renewed every morning. Rabba Emunatecha, vast is your faithfulness, Hashem. And this is really the first sort of notes of optimism, although they will be dashed later on in the Pedic, but this is the first time we see God Kivyachol being cast to type in Echa. We see the attributes of Hesed. Rahamim and Emunah, these are attributes we see of Hashem all over Tanakh, of course, uh, when Hashem is benevolent to B'nai Israel. He is, uh, he is loyal, he's compassionate, and he's faithful to B'nai Israel. Pasuk Chavdalid, Halki Adonai Aberanafshi, Alken Ochil Lo. My portion is Hashem, is God, I say to myself. Therefore, I put my hope, my faith in Him. The phrase of Hashem being my portion, Hashem being B'nai Israel's portion, uh, is repeated many times in Tehillim. The the uh, in pasuk uh, in pasuk He of Perek uh, Perek Tetzain, for example, Adonai menat Haki vechosi atatomich gorali. God is my allotted share and portion, and we see it in Humash Bamidbar when. Hashem tells Aharon that the Leviim will not have any chilek in the Nahalav of B'nai Israel, And Hashem tells them, I am your portion. And of course, we have that relationship going the other way in Ha'azinu, where Hashem says in, in, uh, in Shirat Ha'azinu, that the nation is God's portion. And so, the notion of chilek, of portion, goes both ways in Tanakh. We are both God's portion, and God is our portion, and it is representative of the covenant between B'nai Israel and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The shaykhut over here is the Mekonen telling himself, even in his despondency, even in his bitterness, that even through that he knows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is loyal, he's faithful, and that there is a covenant at the end of the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has his end of the bargain uh, to keep up, to, to, to hold up. Good is Hashem to those who hope in Him, to the one who seeks Him. And there's a little bit of a, of a reminder here to the Pasuk we say every day, The idea is the same, that God is good to those who seek Him, and He will be there for those who seek Him. Pasuk Chavav, Tov Ve'ahil Ve'dumam, 
It is good to wait and be still for the deliverance of Hashem. Pasuk Chavzayin, a continuation of the Mekonen telling himself and of course his audience to wait, to be patient for God's deliverance. Tov lagever ki ol bin orav. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. And of course, if he bears the yoke in his youth, and the allusion here is to noseh uh, ol Torah, but if a person bears the yoke in his youth, he will be rewarded later on by Hashem. And so this is a continuation of Pasuk Chafhe and Chafvav's counsel to just wait, to stay patient, Hashem will be there for us. Pasuk Chafhet, Yeshev badad veidom ki natal alav. He should sit alone and be still, for Hashem has laid upon him the yoke. Pasuk Chaftet. Pasuk Lamed Aleph. Ki lo iznah le'olam Adonai. For Hashem will not spurn forever. And he will not spurn B'nai Israel forever. Pasuk Lamed Bet. Ki im hoga. Rather he hurts. Veriham kerob hasadav. And then shows compassion as befits his vast loyalty. Pasuk Lamed Gimel. Ki lo libo for he does not willfully afflict or hurt human beings. Pasuk Lamedaled. It's not clear in the text whether Pasuk Lamedaled is a continuation of Pasuk Lamed Gimel or whether it starts the next uh, set of three of Pasuk Lamedaled through Pasuk Lamedvav. Rashi clearly sees it as a continuation of Pasuk Lamed Gimel, and in Rashi's view, the Pasukim would be read like this Ki lo for he will not willfully afflict or hurt human beings and crush them under his feet, all the prisoners of the land. That's one way of reading the Pasuk uh, Lamedalit. Lamedalit can also be read on its own as the beginning of the next set of three Pasukim. And we'll start like that right now. To crush under his feet all the prisoners of the land. Pasuk Lamed He, Lehatot Mishpat Gaver Neged Pene Elyon. To pervert a man's justice before the presence of Elyon uh, of God. Le'avet Adam Beribo, Pasuk Lamed Vav, Le'avet Adam Beribo. To subvert a person in his, uh, in his judgment, in his suit, in his legal case. All these things, the crushing of a person, the uh, the perversion of justice against in front of Hashem, the perversion of a person's legal case, all these things. And the last three words of Pasuk Lamed Vav can also be read in two different ways. Adonai lo God does not choose to do this, does not see to do this. And it can also be read as a question. Adonai lo doesn't Hashem see the despondency of uh, of a person who is uh, who is whose legal case is perverted, whose justice is perverted, who is being crushed as a prisoner. Either way, the purpose of the words are clear, which is to say, either God does not want these things to be done, does not choose for these things to be done on earth, or doesn't God see it? If if uh, God sees these things, won't He therefore? follow up and correct them and ameliorate them? 
And in general, the sense we get from these, uh, this set of uh, six pesukim, from Lamed Aleph through Lamed Vav, is very, very simple. And that is that God does not tolerate the perversion of justice in his universe. And so, as a continuation to the set of pesukim before that, we must be patient, the Mikonen tells himself, we must be patient and wait for justice uh, to be prosecuted by God. And it will be pursued by him when the time comes. And some of this here reminds us of some of the themes in Iov. For example, Eliphaz in Iov Pereke tells Iov about God, Ki hu He injures, but he binds up. Yimhatz, he wounds, ve'yadav tirpena, but it is his hands that heal. This is exactly the theme of these pesukim in Echa over here, how God is punishing, but he will also pursue justice. The theme of God's guaranteed justice is also something we see in Iov, in, in Perekhet, at the beginning of Bildad's speech. He tells Iov, Ha'er ya'avet mishpat, ve'im shaddai ya'avet tzedek, will God pervert the right? Will God... Uh, pervert justice, and he goes on through a couple of pesukim of of uh, poetically saying how it's impossible that God should pervert justice. That whatever ends up happening is surely a result of a just decision by God, and that's of course what we see here in the, in these pesukim in Echa. Pasuk lamedzayin, mize amarvatehi Adonai lo who is it who spoke and it came to pass if Hashem didn't command it? Meaning, is there anybody who says something and it, and it just happens? It, only Hashem has the power to say something and have it happen. And if anybody else says something and it happens, it must only happen if Hashem wills it. So this is, this is the theme of Hashem being controlling everything, controlling uh, the entire universe. Pasuk Is it not from the mouth of Alion, from the Most High, that come bad things and good? Pasuk How can a person who is still alive complain? How can a man complain about his punishments? And the sense we get from this triplet of Pesukim, uh, Lamed Zayin through Lamed Tet, is that God is all-powerful, and all things derive from Him, including the suffering. And as for Pasuk Lamed Tet, there's no reason in the world why uh, a human should complain about the suffering that comes from God, particularly if it's a result of his own sins. Meaning, even though God can do anything and everything is determined by God, we have free will as humans, and if we sin, then the automatic response is uh, God's punishment to that sin, and we have no right to complain about that result. Pasuk Mem. Here the Mekonen transitions from a singular first person to a uh, plural first person. Instead of I, it's now we. We. Let us search and examine our ways. And we will return to Hashem. And in the theme of admitting sin, this is the continuation of that and in repenting the sin. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands, our palms to Hashem in the heavens, to, to God in the heavens. So after the theological speech, in which the Mekonen uh, 
was telling the audience that it's important to be patient and that God is always just, he is now putting that into action and he's uh, almost directly saying, now we're going, going to put ourselves in God's hand and we're turning to God and we want to see what God's reaction is going to be. Pasuk Membet, Nahnu Fashanu Marinu Ata Rosalahta. And you'll notice this is the first time in the entire Pedic in which the Mequinen addresses God directly in uh, in second person rather than speaking about God in third person. He says, We have sinned and rebelled, and you, Hashem, have not forgiven. Pasuk Memgimer, Sakota Baaf Vatidefenu, Haragta Lohamarta, Sakota. From the from the shoresh of sukkah, you have screened yourself off, so to speak, in anger, and instead of forgiving us, you have pursued us. you killed without pity, and you can almost see in these pesukim the transition from the theological speech in the middle of the perek, and the mekonen is now moving back towards lamenting the situation that he is in, that Am Yisrael is in. And at this point in the lament, he is angry at HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the logical progression here is that the Mekonen is saying, God is just, he doesn't punish unless there is sin, we have sinned, it's time for us to make Teshuvah. And he's almost surprised that after doing Teshuvah, or at least his version of Teshuvah, the response from God is not forgiveness, it's not giving back to Ab Yisrael, the Mikdash, or the territory that they lost, or the kingdom that they lost, the response is a, uh, a response of anger, a response of killing, a response of slaughter of the people of B'nai Israel. Pasuk Memdalid, Sakota Be'anan Lach Me'avor Tefila. You have screened yourself off in the cloud of yours, so no prayer can pass through. I also wanted to quickly comment here on the irony of the word Sakota in both Psukim Memgimel and Memdalid, the Sukkah and the Anan are both mentioned in these Psukim. And of course, the normal association of the Sukkah and the Anan are closeness to God, whether it's in the Mikdash or whether it's speaking about the Kaporet or whether it's speaking about the actual Sukkah that we have to do in, in, uh, in, uh, in memory of the clouds of glory of the Ananei Kavod. But the Sukkah and the Anan are normally signs of closeness between B'nai Israel and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And of course, now they're being used in the precise opposite sense, where God is using the Sukkah and his cloud and the Anan to wall himself off, to separate himself from B'nai Israel. You have made us disgusting filth in the midst of the peoples. And I think the implication here is that in the Galut, they are now uh, they are now these filthy people among the natives wherever they ended up. Pasuk memvav, pasu alenu pihem All our enemies loudly rail against us. Pasuk memzain, pahad vafahat hayalanu hashet vehashaber. Panic and pitfall were ours, calamity and collapse. My eyes flow with streams of water over the collapse of my dear people. My eyes will flow without stopping, without any respite. 
עד ישקיף וירא אדוני משמיים. Until Hashem looks down from heaven and sees. Pasuk Nun Aleph, Aini Nafshi, my eyes have brought me grief, Mikol Benot more than all the daughters of my city. In this last Pasuk, the Mekonen seems to be saying that he is more mournful, crying more than any of the other people in the city. And it's also almost a response to Pasuk Nun where he says he's going to cry so much until Hashem sees, and Pasuk Nun Aleph is the denouement of that Hashem indeed does not see, and he continues to cry more than anybody else. Pasuk Nun Bet Sod Saduni Kasipor They hunted me like a bird, my enemies, for no cause. Pasuk Nun Gimel Sametu Babor Hayai Leyadu Eben Bi they cast me alive into a cistern, into, into a pit of water. They placed the cover stone upon me. The cisterns used to have uh, uh, cover stones upon them uh, so that the water would not um, become filthy from any outside contamination. And the uh, even referred to over here is the top of the cistern into which the enemies have thrown the Mekonin. And as a result of him being thrown into a cistern with the uh, lid on top of him, Pasuk Memdared, Safu Maim Roshi, Amarti Nigzarti. Water closed over my head. I said to myself, I thought, I am now cut off. And in this triplet of Pesukim, we might view the bor and the lid that's on top of the bor as a metaphor for the galut, uh, which Bnei Israel are now in. And the feeling of Amartin Igzarti, that I am now cut off, is the feeling of B'nai Israel in Galut, the way they feel about their relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Nigzarti, I am now cut off from Hashem. And now in Pasuk Mem, uh, Nun He, the Mekonen is calling out to Hashem in the cistern, in, or metaphorically in exile. Karati Shimcha Adonai Mebor Tahtiyot. I called your name Hashem from the deepest Pasuk Nun Vav Hear my voice. Don't close your ear to my pleas for relief. Pasuk Nun Zain Karapta Beyom Ekraeka Amarta Altira. Come near when I call. Tell me, say to me, do not fear. Altira. In his moments of deepest agony, the Mekonen calls out to Hashem hoping that Hashem will answer and will will uh, will tell him that he has nothing to fear. Pasuk nun het, Rabta Adonai libe nafshi ga'alta hayai. Champion my cause, Hashem, redeem my life. Pasuk nun tet, Ra'ita Adonai avatati shofta mishpati. See Hashem the wrong done to me, judge my case. Pasuk samach, See all their vengefulness, all their plots against me. And this triplet over here, the triplet of the Resh, Pasuk Memchet, Memtet, and Samach, are a metaphor for the Mekonen, almost being in a court, asking Hashem to try his case. He's asking Hashem to try his case and see the evil that the enemy is doing to him and to champion his cause as a result.
פסוק ס"א, שמעת חרפתם אדוני כל מחשבותם עלי. And for the last triplet in the Perek, uh, it will end on a note of a vengeance, but it's not really a vengeance out of uh, the standpoint of revenge, it's a vengeance out of the standpoint of justice. Pasuk Samach Daled, Tashib lahem gemul Adonai kemaase dehem. Give them what they deserve, Hashem, as befits their actions. It's not a cry for vengeance because the, uh, the Mekonen is necessarily angry, though he clearly is. It's a cry for vengeance, for vengeance because that's what they deserve. Just like they hurt him, they, uh, they uh, made him uh, cry in agony, it's now time for them to be punished by HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a result of their actions. Pasuk Samachet, Iten lehem merinat leb, Give them anguish of heart, your curse be upon them. And over here you have the use of merinat uh, lev, which means uh, anguish of the heart, and it's from the same shorish of manginatam, which was used a few psukim earlier. And you could see the midah keneged midah, just like I was there mangina, he wants HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give them merinat lev. The play on words is used as... Uh, a poetic device to metaphorize midah kedegd midah justice. Pasuk samachvav tirdof be'af v'tashmidem mitachat shemei Adonai. Pursue them with anger and destroy them from under the heavens of Hashem. <coughs> and what the Mekonin is really looking for over here is a return to a world of justice, a return to a world where all the things he was discussing earlier in the Pedic, all the theological themes he was discussing earlier in the Pedic about God's justice are once again true. We saw how in the Psukim in the late 40s, the late the Psukim Memhet and Memtet, the Mekonen said he was going to cry until in, in Pasuk Nun, he was going to only stop when Hashem would see, and of course Hashem did not see. And what he's looking for at the end of the Perek is revenge from the standpoint of justice because it would mean that the world is back to normal, so to speak. That the points he made earlier in the Perek about a just God were indeed true again. In contrast to the current situation in which he can't really see the justice of God.